Hey everyone, let's step into the captivating world behind the mask as we introduce an exceptional guest who is revolutionizing the field of dentistry and transforming lives. Join us in welcoming Dr. Katherine Murphy, a dentist, educator, author, and advocate for holistic care. With a private practice and a role as adjunct clinical faculty at Indiana University Northwest Dental Hygiene Program, that's a long one, Dr. Murphy's expertise spans across diverse dental domains. Having practiced general dentistry and served as an adjunct clinical faculty at IU School of Dentistry, she brings a wealth of knowledge and experience to the table. But Dr. Murphy's impact extends far beyond her clinical work. As the author of two insightful picture books, Dear Mama and Dear Friend, Do You Know About Tongue Ties? She sheds light on the vital connection between oral health and overall well-being. Through her national-wide podcast, Dear Mama with Dr. Murphy, she reaches caregivers far and wide, offering invaluable insights into the holistic and collaborative approach to orthodontic treatment. And not stopping there, Dr. Murphy is also a co-creator of Take Three For Me, a transformative self-care movement. It combines myofunctional therapy exercises, breath work, and affirmations which empower individuals to find harmony between their career, their family, and their personal growth. So cool. Mm -hmm. Driven by a personal journey, Dr. Murphy's love for dentistry goes beyond aesthetics. She is grateful for its profound impact on her son's health, transforming him from a state of struggle to one of thriving vitality. With a heart full of gratitude, she shares her passion for the profession, inspiring others to embrace the transformative power of dental care. So today we're going to delve into the mind and experiences of our guest as we ask her to share her unique perspective on two fundamental questions. These questions aim to provide our listeners with valuable insights and guidance from someone who has achieved success and recognition in their industry. So join us as we go behind the mask with Dr. Katherine Murphy and discover the holistic approach to dentistry that can change lives. Don't miss this opportunity to be inspired and empowered. Hey everyone, welcome behind the mask into the Mint Door podcast. Today we are excited to have Dr. Katherine Murphy. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you both. I'm so excited to share with your community. So thank you for this, this opportunity. Excellent. Well, we're super excited to have you uh, in our little Zoom room here today, and we're just going to jump straight in uh, so we can get to the good stuff right away. So can you tell us, Catherine, about any insecurities that you've had in the past Mm -hmm. that maybe you've kept hidden behind your professional mask? And how have they shaped who you have become today? I have to say, this is one of the hardest questions (laughs) I've podcast, right? Because it's being um, very open right up front, which I love. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things is actually, I felt I had to have all the answers. I felt really tied, like my self-worth was tied to being the doctor and what I thought the doctor title meant. And I thought that meant I had to be answering the questions right then and there 
perfectly for every patient, every question, and then even non-patient questions. Because as you know, sometimes the questions that come from families about your work are a little bit more difficult sometimes (laughs) because they like to try to challenge you. And I thought, well, I have to have the answers all the time and I had to be perfect. And really tying that self-worth with having all the answers was exhausting mm-hmm. and impossible. It was an impossible level to try to be at. Mm-hmm. And I really had a hard time saying, okay, yeah, I get to shift my my outlook on what that means to be the doctor and how to address their questions and concerns. Was there a pivotal moment where you just realized that that wasn't sustainable? I had a few pivotal moments. One was actually when I wasn't being the one getting the questions. It was me asking the questions. And I was a new mom. My son at that point was either two or three weeks, two or three weeks old, weeks. Okay. So very new mom, Mm -hmm. (laughs) my first child. And my son would breathe really noisily, like very heavy breathing on top of the fact that it was very tough to nurse him. He was crying all the time, wasn't sleeping. And I was asking the pediatrician for some answers about the heavy, noisy breathing. And she said, some kids are just like that. You're a geriatric mom. Go home and enjoy your child. Mm. (laughs) And I was like, what? What am I supposed to do with this? (laughs) And here I am with this baby asking a question that I thought, well, if anyone should be able to help give me some kind of direction on this, it would be my son's pediatrician. And I left thinking, well, her answer of just, ah, some kids are just like that. You worry too much, go home. Well, that got me out of the room, but that didn't get me any further with his health Mm -hmm. and my concerns. And so it was then when I was like, okay, well, I may not know the answer, but I know that answer's not right. And I know, and I didn't consciously know this, but I'm like, I know she's just trying to get me out of the room. And that's when, okay, yeah, I I just trusted in someone and they couldn't trust in me of saying, hey, you know, let's either give you a referral I don't know. Let's take these tests. Let's let's do something else to alleviate your concern. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was the biggest mm-hmm. turning point. Maybe listening to that story, the pediatrician had a very similar insecurity mm-hmm. to what you had, but dealt with it in a completely different way. So instead of overhelping and trying to find and say something that sounded good mm-hmm. she went the opposite way on the scale and just was like well that's just normal yeah. just to finish that interaction so she didn't have to sit with her insecurity of not knowing the answer 
Oh, I, I completely agree. And that's when the second time things really hit me. My son was probably about 11 months old at this point now. So my son had gone through some physical therapy. Um, we'd gotten his tongue tie released. And so finally I was enjoying him in the rocking chair after I'd nursed him. And I was, I was nursing him and then feeding him a bottle after. And just enjoying how much more quiet things were and that he was actually getting some sleep. And suddenly, <laughs> suddenly this memory came to me. And I don't know if it's happened to you, but like, you know, you're just calm. And suddenly this flashback comes to you. You're like, where did this come from? And I remember a mom of a patient. The patient was probably about nine years old. I was doing uh, early-ish intervention, orthodontic intervention with the child. But the patient had a younger sister who was three. And the mom had said to me, you know, we just went to the pediatric dentist and we talked about the grinding. They didn't have answers for me. Can you tell me what might be going on with my child? And this had been before I had delved into the airway or holistic approach to orthodontics. And I gave the perfect dental textbook answer about the chewing type and how she's getting towards, you know, mixed dentition, which she really wasn't. She's three. <laughs> so that's what we started t- telling parents, right? Even at three years old, even though we didn't anticipate permanent molars to be coming through until five or six. And I remember feeling, oh, good. I answered that question. And I let her know, don't worry, it's okay. This, you know, they'll grow out of it. And it hit me. I'm like, oh, how many times did I give the, that same answer the pediatrician gave me? Mm-hmm. Not in those words, but essentially telling me, oh, don't you worry. I don't know the answer. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you a bunch of stuff with terminology you don't understand, get you out of the door and feel good about it. And that's when I said, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I I can't keep practicing this way anymore. Mm-hmm. And so since then, I'm like, oh, wow, this is amazing to actually then just change the dialogue with patients mm-hmm. and asking them more questions in order to give a better answer. And it's amazing how much better <laughs> you can be at addressing concerns when you don't feel like you have to shoot from the hip right away mm. and really incorporating the parents into the medical and dental history aspect of any question and all all my questionnaires i want their input whatever wasn't listed on the sheet but you think i need to know please let me know mm. How refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been like a, a redo in my career and actually just in all relationships. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there's a difference between medicine and dentistry with this one, that because we deal with a very small section Mm -hmm geographically small section of the body we feel like we need to know everything Mm. because it's small 
But if you go and see a family doctor, and this has happened to me on more than one occasion, they're not shy about typing something into Google. Mm -hmm. I've never, ever seen a dentist or any specialist in dentistry ever say, let me just Google that for you. (laughs) Does that happen? Mm -hmm. You're right. Mm -hmm. Very good point. Because I I think maybe with, you know, they're also the expectations are somewhat different as well. Mm -hmm. When, When you get sick and... If you stay sick and you go back to the doctor, you don't ask for your money back <laughs> the previous appointment. Whereas if someone comes in and you they're in pain, you do what you can to get them out of pain, but then they come back and they're still in pain. They want money back from whenever you just did. <laughs> and you're like, but you have more than one tooth in most cases <laughs> that could be causing the problem. And you have more than just teeth that could be causing the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So perhaps it's also the outlook. Uh, and that, those expectations mm-hmm. that we as dentists put on ourselves as well. Like you said, we feel like we should be the experts of anything, anything that goes on here. Mm-hmm. And then also not really accepting the fact that what is going on in our mouth can actually be due to something that's not going on in our mouth, that the mouth is connected mm-hmm. to the rest of the body. Mm-hmm. And perhaps what we're dealing with is a more systemic issue that's showing up in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is just really eye-opening. Um, and so thank you for sharing that that vulnerability and then the, your journey um out of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm curious, having gone through that journey and where you're at now, what advice would you give your younger self? knowing what you know now, or maybe your older self when she deals with another insecurity? To to trust and follow my intuition. Mm-hmm. Because that's a huge part of your interaction with patients. Mm-hmm. And we feel that you can feel that energy when a patient's in there and they just have to know something right away because they're really anxious And once you tell them whatever it might be, that they'll calm down, right? Mm -hmm. And others, they they want all they want all the information, and they're willing to share a lot with you from the very beginning. Others, they don't. You get this whole medical sheet back with nothing on it, but you see prescriptions in their purse, (laughs) and so to follow the intuition, not only with with your interactions with patients, but then also yourself and to trust that that is part of being a doctor. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what really isn't supported because we can know that a patient can present with the exact same symptoms, right? Mm -hmm. But how you treat that patient is going to maybe be different because of other things that they bring with them. Mm -hmm. They're habits, their emotional, you know, emotional and behavior that comes part of it. And we need to trust that with our care, with ourselves, and to know then number one, when you brought up Google and searching for Google, because also so much stuff will come up, right? And to follow, okay, let let's look at these 
sites. Let's trust this and not look at all that other information that comes up and actually like seek that knowledge that we're looking for. Mm -hmm. So following the intuition in pretty much every, you know, relationship, but especially with yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you start to feel that something's just not right with, with how you're interacting, how you're treating your patients, Mm -hmm. and then also not rushing that you don't have to know the answer right away. Mm-hmm. And that's sometimes the hardest part with, with our profession. We feel like, well, then we have to know right away. But sometimes it just means that you need to stop and pause and reflect, mm-hmm. which again, our job is a very doing mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. So pausing to reflect is also not something very, very supported and understood in our profession. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, and um, you may not know the answer to this, and that's okay. (laughs) I'm okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm curious, when you talk about intuition, what do you think it is about our training or our profession, maybe, that um, leads us astray from our intuition? Well, my first thought is teaching a group of 100 plus. My dental school class was 100 um, students. There's a lot that goes into that, right? Mm-hmm. You've got a lot, a lot of Type A students <laughs> uh, coming from different different aspects. Some have had previous careers. Some are they only did three years of undergrad and now here they are in in dental school and trying to systemize teaching a dental school class. Mm -hmm. So part of that is this is the answer and this is why you do it and just do it this way until you know better, right? It's just that till you know better part doesn't really get to happen in dental school. Mm -hmm. So you get to just do as Dr. X tells you because he or she is the one teaching you that day. And you're just going to keep doing it that way because you need the experience. Mm -hmm. But when you don't have that mentor to then really foster that, okay, learn from your experience and that reflection. Okay. So you did your first molar crown. What did you learn from that? And taking those couple of minutes, oh, you know what? I realized I didn't, I didn't remove enough on the occlusal. Okay. So what made you feel that way? What made like cuz you know that this burr is this deep, why couldn't you go that deep? And we just focus so much on the doing and getting the competencies done and getting the check off so we could get to the graduation. And if we had more of that mentorship, which I do really appreciate when dental societies try to foster that mentorship, that's I think when that intuition part can be um, nurtured more, mm-hmm. they understand academia is hard. Mm-hmm. You're teaching a lot of different types of learners too. And so many of us just get into that cycle of, okay, I have to do it this way. I have to do it this way. Cause how many times have you asked someone why they do it this way? That's the way I was taught. Mm-hmm. That's why I've always done it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's where it's rooted in. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a beautiful answer. Thank you for sharing that insight. Oh, my pleasure. 
that word of intuition keeps cropping up in all aspects of your life and taking it right back to the very beginning where you shared about your two-week-old baby and your intuition told you that his breathing being noisy wasn't right and we know and reading all about you and having met you before one of the things that you're really passionate about is mouth breathing and why it is such a big should be such a big concern for people to be paying attention to now one thing that we really that we really like on the mint door here is when we share things with people that they can walk away today knowing something more that can just change the direction of their practice or their family or so tell us a little bit about mouth breathing and why we should be so concerned about it well i view mouth breathing as the number one overlooked health condition like i think it's overlooked by every single healthcare professional and it shouldn't because it's very simple um initially to understand why we should be looking at it but then it gets more complex so the simple aspect is if you're mouth breathing you're launching yourself into fight or flight and we're not meant to stay in fight or flight mode all the time and when we're in that mode going back to the intuition that's when we don't get to rest and digest and reflect mm-hmm. so when you're always in that fight or flight your body's under that stress you're always doing 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 and we forget that all of us are human beings and we don't get to just be mm-hmm. so it's the other simple part is that we all no i shouldn't say that. it is very um, ubiquitous that stress leads to health conditions, right? Mm-hmm. They're still doing studies. They can still prove it. That, and why we need a study to prove that constant stress is going to be hard on us at this point. I don't know. We just need continual reminders, right? But that stress that the mouth breathing leads to affects us from head to toe. From my aspect, um, I bring everything back to the mouth. But with that, what I'm seeing is that those kids really like to focus on kids. They're coming with that ADHD. They're coming with behavioral concerns and they're not, they're not being looked at as that they're always under stress. And then when they're under stress, they're not sleeping. So if it's widely understood that stress, like too much stress, lack of sleep will lead to health conditions no matter what the health condition is, let's all look at if the lips are apart or not. But what happens is that you look at what you're trained to look at. And you also then treat what your patients are asking you to treat. So patients are coming to me asking to fix crooked teeth. And when I'm asking them about their child's sleep and their chapped lips, their eating habits, it's not expected. But yet it should be because the mouth is really the mirror of your overall health. Mm-hmm. But did I answer your question, Karen? I started talking yeah. about my soapbox and then I don't know if I actually answered your exact question about mouth breathing. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but yeah, yeah, you completely you you completely answered it because it was just why was it why is it such a big cons- why should we be so concerned? And I think you explained why very eloquently. So I think if it's something that just makes people think the next time that they see a patient, that could be a question they could ask. Mm-hmm. And if you may they, notice the signs of what yes. it might be, mm-hmm. and then they can refer. And if you think to the the children's well it's a children's book for adults um it's called go the f to sleep it was a number one like it was a bestseller before it even hit like all the major bookstores it was um this father just going through like how hard it was to get the child to sleep mm-hmm. and having so many people understand how rough it is in the entire family when a child doesn't just go to sleep and stay asleep. Mm-hmm. This is a huge concern. Mm-hmm. And taking that step back and looking at how they're sleeping mm-hmm. and if they're too wound up because they've been mouth breathing all day mm-hmm. or they're not staying asleep because they're mouth breathing during the night, we could have such an impact mm-hmm. on families. Mm-hmm. I mean, if a child, now that both kids of mine sleep through the night, it's like, Oh my gosh, my life changed. (laughs) (laughs) And when a kid feels better, the whole family feels better. Mm -hmm. And so that's the simple part. The hard part is that mouth breathing itself is a symptom of many other underlying causes as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of those things simple to see. And then if you don't want to delve into it more, refer. I have so many questions about mouth breathing. I'm just coming up with the whole list. Okay, one question very uh-huh. quickly. Do tiny babies mouth breathe? And what would you do if your tiny baby was mouth breathing? The tiny baby shouldn't. Okay. Babies are born wanting to breathe through their nose. Mm-hmm. If they don't, there's a reason why. And so my my take on it and so i'm not you know i'm not, I'm not an ibclc i'm not a physical therapist or occupational therapist or chiropractor <laughs> but from my point of view knowing that there can be oral restrictions that can restrict the tongue and the lips and even the cheeks but those restrictions are connected ultimately everywhere but to the baby it's the core um that i'm most concerned about first having the baby looked at a body worker. So um, when I use the term body worker, it's kind of a universal term for anyone who will check for tension in the baby. Mm-hmm. So if it's a chiropractor, cranial sacral therapist, sometimes a pediatric um, physical therapist, even a pediatric acupuncturist can look at, and I'm sure there's many others. Those are the ones I work with the most. Mm-hmm. And addressing that tension and the tension in the baby's neck, mm-hmm. because there can be a lot of trauma, even if the baby wasn't a medicated birth. And if it's a vaginal birth, there's still a lot of trauma. And we, as dentists, we know this because we talk about the neonatal line mm-hmm. where during birth, the tooth development will actually stop mm-hmm. and you'll see a line in the tooth, but we never connected to, wow, that that's a lot for the baby to go through mm-hmm. and to get that baby decompressed. Mm-hmm. And there's so many, so many carriers we put the baby into and doesn't let the baby kind of decompress on its own. Mm-hmm. So if the baby is mouth breathing, most likely the first place to go to is someone who will help the tension that's overall in the body that then will work with an IBCLC that's trained, a myofunctional therapist that's trained with 
babies um, to then look at the oral restrictions. Mm -hmm. But I always say the body work first so that then you're not taking care of oral restriction that's then then going to come back because the body itself is still yeah. restricted. Mm-hmm. That's 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 fascinating. Maybe I found my new niche. I know. <laughs> I, there you go. We need more. So please do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I, I have one question about the mouth breathing. So you've piqued our interest on recognizing mouth breathing. As a a dentist or even a patient, if you recognize this, where is the next step? You say refer. Who should we be looking to refer to as a dentist that's maybe not, doesn't know these answers yet, or a patient that isn't getting these answers yet? Well, the easiest overall answer, because I do like to customize that, right? Because it can depend on so many different aspects of the patient. Mm -hmm. But one of the easiest overall would be to reach out to a myofunctional therapist. Okay. And the reason is so many myofunctional therapists then understand that their four goals in order to reach them will need collaborative care. And the four goals of myofunctional therapy to have the lips together, the tongue up, proper swallowing, and breathing through the nose. To get to those, there's different exercises that they will help you with, with your, um, even your neck, your swallowing, your lips. But they understand that then if there's an issue with obstruction in your nose, they also then, they're really great at then quarterbacking and being able to help with those referrals. Uh, I understand that patients that come back and say there's no myofunctional therapist in this area. There are so many myofunctional therapists that are do online work if you don't have one in your area Mm -hmm. and then kind of go from there. Again, other people might need very specific things first, but in that case, they need to talk to talk to somebody first, (laughs) but myofunctional therapists are just wonderful and very helpful to get you on that path. Awesome. Thank you for that answer. That's a great answer. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Besides like blowing us away with all your phenomenal insights today. You're also an author and you've written a book called Dear Mama. So tell us a little bit about that. And I know that you have a special gift for our listeners. So maybe you can highlight that too. Well, Dear Mama is sharing sharing the story from my son's point of view of our breastfeeding struggle. Mm-hmm. And it's really that support, um, that hug to every mama out there that thinks, oh my goodness, I tried so hard. Did I do enough? And reminding that mama that you trying, your baby knows. Your baby knows. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter when you finally realize, okay, I, this, this isn't working. The fact that you recognize it and do something about it at this point with, with your mama was for that infant point of view, because I've been there. I've been that mom taking the baby for the release, taking the baby at six months old to a chiropractor being like, I didn't know it was chiropractor saw babies <laughs> going to the physical therapist, all things that I didn't know other mamas did. And then realizing the more I talked that, Oh goodness. Yeah. I'm not alone. Um, not everyone 
then um, not everyone has the resources that I was able to delve into because of my connections and really letting them know, hey, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. And then Dear Friend, which is in its soft launch right now, is that point of view from when the kid uh, reaches six years old, but didn't realize that the child has a tongue tie and all the symptoms and what to do about it. Mm-hmm. And the free giveaway is uh, digital downloads from Dear Mama, the illustrator. It is seriously like Ira went into my brain, saw what I was thinking of, and put it into these beautiful pictures. Mm-hmm. So there's nine nine or ten to choose from. And then I think it's the mint doors, the coupon. And you can pick which one you'd like to download, create gifts for your loved ones, for yourself, whatever you would like. Mm-hmm. That's super kind. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. And we'll make sure that information is in the notes with the links and the code. And it is, you're right, the mint door. Yeah. I have a, I made a mouse pad. So every time I'm here at the computer, mm-hmm. I think of, okay, this is, this is why I'm here mm-hmm. to help out those babies mm-hmm. that then grow up as kids, that grow up to be adults. <laughs> right. Right. We could all need help. It's a ripple yeah. effect. Yeah, definitely. So for people who have been listening, Catherine, can you tell us where people can find you um, and how they can get in touch if they wanted to connect? Oh, if they like to connect, uh, my email is hello at drcatherinemurphy.com. It's Catherine with a C. And so where I am, the easiest way to get in touch with anyone that would like to talk to me is I do offer one-on-one calls with caregivers and with colleagues to discuss where they are on their holistic journey. I really love the opportunity to give a totally non-biased feedback to caregivers because they've oftentimes heard so many different things Mm -hmm. and to be able to say, Hey, you know, well, from this perspective, because I'm not trying to offer them anything else in addition, right. I'm just kind of like they're, their sounding board and to colleagues that think, well, maybe, maybe I want to go into this. I've heard a lot about tongue ties, but do I really want to jump into this? What is all involved? Um, I, I love that opportunity to help, help them decide for themselves if this is something that they want to go into. And so if you email me at hello at drcatherinemurphy.com, we can set up some chats. Mm, that's cool. And you've also got um, a website that there'll be information about you and that's drcatherinemurphy.com again. And um, I think we've got some links, Laura, that we'll post for the books and how to get those downloads as well. Yes. Most definitely. Wow. Well, thank you for spending some time with us. I, I absolutely am 100% certain that you provided a lot of encouragement today to our listeners. So thank you for that. And uh, yeah, and know that we adore you uh, just like we adore our listeners. So thank you for spending some time uh, and giving our listeners so much to think about today. Well, I adore what both of you are doing uh, for our profession. So thank you. And I just, I love knowing you guys. I know. I think there might be a, a part two to this one for sure. I think yeah. we have more to talk about. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> 
All right, everyone. Thanks for being with us today. We will see you next time on the next episode of the Mentor Podcast. Bye. Bye.